Hey, this is Tanner Sherlock. I'm the pastor at Shadow State Chi Alpha. And this is our podcast where our mission is to make disciples who then make disciples. Be sure and subscribe so you can get our content every time we post. And I pray that this message blesses you today. God bless. What's up, guys? Um, I just wanted to get on and, and share a little bit um, of my heart with some of the current events, honestly. Um, my goodness, it seems like there's something new popping up every other day. If you're, I'm not even on social media a whole lot right now, and yet it's just, it's like a tidal wave. Just, it's like you're on the beach and you get to that deep part where the waves start crashing. And it's just like wave after wave after wave after wave just keeps hitting of just more and more like worse stuff. Some of it's bad in the sense that it's finally being revealed. Some of it's bad in the sense of, you know, where it's it's currently happening. Um, one of the main things I wanted to talk about today is the um, the new movie that just came out, The Sound of Freedom. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard a lot about the story. I've done I've I've done research on it when I first heard that it was being produced um, by Angel Studios. And, uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to speak up on it. Um, you know, I, I've been kind of really seeing how loud the anti-Christian rhetoric has been getting, um, both on social media through, you know, tech giants and, and media as well as individuals. It seems like my friends who are not Christian um, have been posting more and more anti-Christian trash. I don't know how to how else to put it. Stuff that's just not true. Um, you know, it, it's gotten to a point where it's it's almost overwhelming the level of anti-Christian rhetoric being posted in America. Now, this isn't anything new. Anti-Christian rhetoric and anti-christian stances and posts and and whatever it's not anything new it's just new in america to this level at least um and as well as you know with the invention of social media and and the internet on a global scale and i've started feeling a little bit of a conviction of you know if if the people who are anti-christian are this loud about their fake beliefs that aren't based in truth and reality, um, that are anti-Christian, anti-Christ, um, then maybe I, as a pastor and as a Christian need to speak up more about the positive of Christianity. But I feel like for a while now, um, all of us, I mean, even myself as a pastor has, have felt pressure to not offend people with my faith. You know, there's, there's been this, and gosh, looking in hindsight, it seems so, it seems so intentional, but there's been this push of like, keep your faith to yourself. You know, it's okay if you share, but you're not allowed to share publicly. Um, yeah, I mean, even in, in Israel, they've passed laws to prohibit people from openly talking about Jesus in certain places. And that wasn't, not Egypt. France? Um, don't quote me on that. There was there was a country who just passed a law, but anyway, um, I could look it up. Um, I just 
don't feel like it. Um, but anyway, um, there's been kind of that pressure and that push to keep your faith private, keep it close to you. You know, faith is a private matter. So why when faith, we, we claim that faith is a private matter, but anti-faith, anti-Christianity is not a private matter. That is a public thing. That is a very, very public thing. I mean, even to the point where they have parades and marches mocking Jesus. But, you know, if, if they were to do the opposite of that and had parades of, you know, people mocking and murdering and and blaspheming the, the uh, alphabet community, I mean, it would blow up, but you know, they're allowed to have anti-Christian protests and anti-Christian posts and all this. And, and it's, oh, it's because it's so, it's so personal to them. But when I share my faith, I'm supposed to just keep it to myself. And that kind of, that push has been pushed on us so much that we're practically afraid of offending people um, about a lot of different things. Uh, one of the aspects that I've been kind of seeing is is money. I, I think if you want to see what people think about um, something, you'll follow the, the, the dollar. People invest in things they believe in. Um, you can see that from looking at Patreon. You know, you go to the website, Patreon, people will invest in things that they like and they believe in. There's a place, there's a, a guy, he's kind of an awesome, I love what he's doing. Um, it's Scammer Payback. It's a YouTube channel. Um, his, he goes by Pierogi. Um, he, uh, basically tries to expose, um, people who are trying to scam people out of money from, both overseas and here in America, and he's trying to to combat them. Well, he has a Patreon site, and he has different ways in which you can support him, but people buy into and support what he's doing because they believe in what he's doing and preventing people from getting scammed. Um, I mean, I've even um, given because it's kind of a personal reason. I just, um, I love what he's doing, and I, and I think it's it's a good thing. And so people will give, people will put, put their money to things they believe in. Um, but when we turn around and we look at the giving, um, percentages within the church right now, it's statistically overwhelmingly the boomer generation and generation X that are financially giving to the church and to missions and to, um, feeding hungry kids and, and to further the gospel of the kingdom of, of Christ. The, the, the vast, vast majority of donations are coming from the boomer generation and the Gen X generation. Um, my generation and in, in the millennials and as well as Gen Z financially. Now, there is some aspect of, you know, boomers and Gen X make more money than because they're older. However, it's not proportionate. Um, you know, even just simple tithes, you can look at a 10% in the boomer generation and Gen X tithe as well as give to missions at a rate that is exponentially more significant and more in dollar amount and more in percentage. It's just cross the board at a higher level and have always given at a higher level than millennials and Gen Z. Um, 
that tells you a lot about where the state of the church is in America. Well, we've gotten to the point where, specifically with money, and this is just my opinion, we got to the point with money that we got, we got so afraid of talking about it that now we have entire generations who are not investing into the future of the kingdom of Jesus. I'm not sure why. We were so afraid to talk about money. Money seems to, to elicit this response of awkwardness and frustration and anger and, and all these other things. In light of the, the subject, we, we've been groomed to think this. We've been groomed to think that money is a private matter. And we've been groomed to think that our faith needs to be a private matter. Where do we think that has come from? Because Jesus talked a lot about money. He talked a lot about the love of money. And the love of money is the root of evil. So, now we pair that with talking about sharing the gospel and going and and sharing about Jesus and making disciples and the command not the, hey, it's better if you do this, but the command of Jesus for Christians is to make disciples and to go and proclaim Jesus. We are told it is a requirement. The two greatest commands, Jesus says, love your God and love your neighbor. It doesn't say tolerate God and tolerate your neighbor but anyway, kind of moving on a little bit. Talking about money shouldn't elicit the responses it does. And talking about our faith shouldn't elicit the responses it does. And even from the Christian world, even in the Christian world, we get such unhealthy responses about money. And, 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 and I'm... I'm just laying this out there as a itinerant missionary whose entire income comes from faithful, awesome, generous Christians who believe in what we do, believe in, in what we do in order to spread the gospel and invest it in us. In the same way people invest in, in scammer payback, people invest in me and invest in Shadron, Chi Alpha, and invest in what we're doing because they believe in us and they want to see the gospel shared at the location we share the gospel at. We have awesome, I mean, I'm going to call them saints, people who have invested in us for years who could invest that money into something else, but have decided, no, I'm going to invest this into the kingdom of God. And as a result, Hundreds of people have come to Christ. Hundreds of lives have been changed. And these are people who sometimes I don't even know if they realize that their salvation came on the backs of other people who earned money in order to support what we do. Because we flat out could not do what we do without people believing in us and giving us financially making sacrifices for us in order to do what we do. We flat out couldn't do it. But with that, there's come this almost 
frustration with the fact that we have to, to raise support. People get weird towards us because I, I, I don't, I'm not going to treat money as a weird thing. I'm not going to treat my faith as a weird thing. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to lay it on my sleeve. I'm wearing it on my sleeve and I'm, and I'm going to be unashamed because the money that I have is not mine. It's Christ's. The money you have, if you're a Christian, it's not yours, it's Christ's. Now, we need to be excellent, excellent stewards with what God gives us. And so that means that not everybody is going to be called to give to me. Not everybody's going to be called to give to missionaries overseas. Not everybody's going to be called to give to feed one in order to feed hungry kids for 10 bucks a month. Nobody's going to be called to feed to, to give to everything. Because there's no way you could possibly give to everything. But there are things God wants you to invest in. It's up to us to ask God what he wants us to invest in. And go forward with it. But we've been taught to not talk about this stuff. And so back to faith. We've been taught to not talk about it. We've been taught to not talk about our faith. What has that left us with? People who are anti-faith get to share their lies and their, their opinions and their bullyingness openly, freely, without any backlash, really. And we're supposed to be tolerant of that. So I'm going to say that if you're listening to this, and you're not a Christian, you need to be tolerant of my faith, too. But we go back to, um, all the way back, way at the beginning, I mentioned the, uh, um, the Sound of Freedom film and the importance of it. And the importance of it is because this is another thing that I feel like on the celebrity re- uh, level, on the insider level, there had been a system that groomed the people who knew but didn't participate, the people who were disgusted by it. They were almost taught they were not allowed to talk about it. Because if they talk about it, they're out. And now we're starting to see a time where people have had enough. Enough is enough. And people are openly sharing about it. And that's powerful. That's breakthrough. And so part of the, the wave of things coming and hitting us is positive because it's we're finally bringing light to this this negative thing that in the Christian world we've been screaming from the mountaintops for decades on this. Like this I gave my life to Christ 13 years ago and I remember 13 years ago we were taught about this. From day 1 I gave my life to Christ and there was literally a booth at the convention I was at that talked about this stuff. We have been screaming it for decades and it is finally coming to light in the greater world. No sin remains hidden. And so I want to challenge you. Kind of my whole point of this this entire rant. This isn't going to be a long sermon or long uh, podcast. This is going to be kind of short and sweet. Hoping to keep it less than 30 minutes. My biggest challenge to you is 
be more open about your faith in Jesus Christ. Be more open about your faith in Jesus Christ. Be more open in the things that Christ teaches. That doesn't mean confrontational in the sense that we need to fight and fight and fight and fight. Pick your battles. But on your platform, be more open. When it comes to money, bro, like, stop being so uptight about your money. It's not even yours. It's God's. Be a good steward. But don't be uptight about it. Don't be weird. Don't be awkward. Don't get weird about money. It's just money. Yes, it's important. It is extremely important. In our society, money is important. But be careful to not fall into a position where you love money and you hide behind the, the, the necessity of, of money. You hide behind the necessity in order to prevent yourself from realizing that you actually have a love of money. Love of money and a need of money are two totally different things. But so many of us Christians hide behind the need of money to prevent ourselves from dealing with the reality that we love money. I get it. I find myself wondering what it would be like if uh, all of a sudden I was worth $500 million. What would I do with my life? (laughs) Frankly, I don't know that it would change a whole lot in my life. I would still be doing Chi Alpha. The only difference is I wouldn't have to support raise. But in support raising, I've made so many awesome connections of people who are praying for my ministry that I would be missing those prayers now. So I don't know that my life would actually be better wealthy. I don't know that my ministry would be more successful wealthy. Because I would continue to share the gospel. I would continue doing what God has called me to do. I might travel the world a little bit more and take more vacations, bigger vacations. But like the day to day of my life wouldn't change really a whole lot at all. Now I'd be rolling up to campus in a brand new pickup, but (laughs) the bulk of my life wouldn't change a whole lot. So if I'm so content living my life with the income that I generate through support raising the, the dollar amount that the National Chi Alpha and, and Assemblies of God World Missions sets forth and requires us to raise in order for us to be healthy, to provide for our family, and to effectively do ministry. That dollar amount, I am then go, uh, go out and I'm required to raise it. And if I am so happy and and prosperous, in the, I guess in a sense, and not in the financial way, but in the career and emotional and private way. If I'm that prosperous and I enjoy my life that much on what I have, then is my desire to be rich built off of function or is it built off of greed? I think if we ask ourselves that a lot of us are, our, our love for money is built off of greed and not out of necessity. So be careful. Again, I, I hope this is uncomfortable. I hope, this, I hope you, I almost hope that you're offended that I'm talking so openly about money because (laughs) then maybe I'm getting my point across because it's not about the money. It's never been about the money. It's about investing into the kingdom and the future kingdom of Jesus in this country because there's going to come a day where 
the boomer generation begins to fade away. Generation X begins to age. The millennials are going to be the ones in the forefront of the investment. If we as a generation don't fix what we're investing into the kingdom, we're going to start realizing really quickly that a lot of the backbone of of the churches in this country and the missions in this country are not going to be able to survive. And so as millennial, as a millennial, we need to get our act together. We need to start wearing our faith on our sleeve. I'm not even talking about financial investment. I'm talking about investment into the kingdom. If we're not making disciples, if we're not sharing the gospel, if we're not making a difference in the lives around us, what's generation, I think they're calling them, generation alpha, what's generation alpha going to look like? What's generation beta going to look like the future generation if we don't start getting our act together and stop allowing people to bully us into believing that our faith needs to remain private? So my challenge for you Take that dusty old faith off the sh- off the countertop, off the shelf, off that back shelf, that hidden recess of, of your body and your mind. Take that out, dust it off, go set it on your front porch so that people can see. That's nah, not talking about, <laughs> I'm not talking about wearing a Jesus Saves t-shirt and a hat, though, go for it. I'm not talking about, no, I'm talking about being more open and conversational about Jesus be more upfront with your faith. Stop being afraid of offending people. Stop letting people tell you that you need to keep your faith private. Now let's go and, and, and share the gospel. Lord, I pray that the, the person listening to this podcast right now, Lord, I pray that you would bless them. God, I pray that you would provide their needs and that you would give them a joy that surpasses any of their circumstances on this earth, the joy that comes from you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that your presence would be with them, that they could feel your presence in this place, wherever they're at right now listening. I pray that they could feel your presence, and that they could know that you are real. Lord, I pray that you would give them a courage and a boldness to walk in faith and to share the gospel for your name. And it is in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. All right. God bless.